Darcy. Oh, hey, Rory. Do you know what's today? Um, I'm guessing that today is a new episode. Yes, but unfortunately it's not a normal episode. We're doing something a bit different today. Fortunately, we're doing something a bit different. I'm yeah, excited I've, about it. And you were there, so you're already aware what it is. So today, we are instead of doing a normal episode, we're not going into our new arc yet. We have this, a special little D&D movie discussion. So we we basically listened and watched the to the the 2000s biggest and best uh, movie extravaganza blockbuster Dungeons and Dragons by Courtney Solomon. If you if you haven't heard about it, uh, it's probably for good reason. It's atrocious, uh, but we urge you to um, listen as we discuss this movie in great depth. Do a play-by-play of the synopsis um, and sort of make fun of it. We have also coming up, before we go back to our normal programming, I guess. Isn't that what people normally say? We have your... Regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, we have the Halloween episode up next. Yeah, we can can sort of expect to see a return of um, Dick Dick, Harry Dixon uh, and, and Betsy Donovan. I believe. And probably Will is a bad guy who gets shot immediately. Oh, come on. He's, I'm sure he'll be fine. He might be playing some creepy old guy, but whether or not he's guilty is uh, for Dick Dick Harry Dixon to decide. In every one shot he plays a creepy old guy. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's quite good. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to I think to it. I'm also planning to do a one shot soonish as well before yeah. we go back to the mark. So also, if you liked this special episode... Me and Darcy are starting something very similar. One would say the exact same thing. It's a spin. This is a spin-off episode for uh, a new venture that we're pursuing. A backdoor pilot, I like to call it. That's it. Uh, so Rory and I are kicking off uh, a little side project uh, by the name of Terrible Movie Club. And the idea is that we'll announce what movie we're going to check out, uh, much like we have for this episode. Uh, you can watch it or not, and then tune into that episode to uh, hear us sort of... Uh, talk through the synopsis and then talk Clown about on it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, so I think the, some of the films don't hold us to this that, we're, that are in the pipeline, things that we're interested in. Uh, the, the first uh, Venom movie, which I've never seen. It's terribly great. I hear that um, Eminem does a great track at the end of that movie. <laughs> the main uh, word in it is Venom, yeah, so I mean, it is a hit. Innovative. It's uh, before his time. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I hope, I, I, we haven't agreed on this, but I hope that we get to cover David Lynch's Dune. I really would want Will on that one. Yeah. Uh, also, we will have rotating guests on it with obviously Will and Josie being them. They can tune in as much, uh, will be a part of it as much or as little as they like. They have the option yeah. to jump on for movie to movie, what interests them, um, and perhaps other guests as well. Who knows? We're winging it. Who where knows? Can they, where can they follow us, Darcy? TMC underscore show on Twitter. Uh, terrible movie club. Join the club. Join the club, everyone. Is that a tagline that we can use? Join the club. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, follow us on all the stuff for Swords and Monsters. Uh, join the Discord uh, follow the account S and M. Oh God! It's swords, swords and the letter N monsters on, on Twitter. Twitter for the for for updates. Yeah. All right. Enjoy the en- episode, guys. Enjoy the show. In a faraway world, all people deserve to be free and equal. 
The child is not fit to govern an empire. The forces of darkness. You can control dragons. We're the dragon army at my command. I can crush the Empress. This has got to be some twisted magic experiment gone seriously wrong. Have threatened to conquer a kingdom. What can I do to stop Profion? If you can obtain the Rod of Savril, you could control red dragons. I suggest we lay low, let the whole thing blow over, come back, rob everybody. There, there's one small problem. Problem? I kind of committed us to find it. <laughs> So guys, what do you know what we got up to this week? Not D&D. Instead we watched a hit 2000 film by a man called Courtney, which the main star, Jeremy Irons, when asked why was he in it, he said, Are you kidding me? I just bought a castle. I had to pay for it somehow. Hmm. Did he really say that? Did he say that? That's a direct quote from Sir Jeremy Irons. Hmm. Mold- that explains a lot. Um, Jeremy, I, let's be honest, the people who really make this film, 2000's Dungeons and Dragons, are Jeremy Irons, Blue Lips, and all the Crystal Maze guy. All the villains, Raff. really. They're all great. This is a year before the Lord of the Rings. I, yep. yes, that, I thought that was a key. the same people as well. New Line? The same people? Fuck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's, the movie's hilarious until you realize it came out in the year 2000. Yeah, yeah, it's I, it's it's, it's eight, 1983. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yes, it's quite yeah. CGI so is really so much, new. So much that's ant- like sexist female lead character, racist comic support character, ear rape. There's a lot of things that feel that just feel out of time. I think that like yeah. it's perfect that it is a year before Lord of the Rings, and it, in some ways, I do feel like it is kind of like. Uh, like a warm-up, like a practice, like a first draft kind of vibe in a lot of cases. Uh, but but also it's a year after Star Wars Episode One, which I thought <laughs> very interesting. Makes, because yeah. if you look at some of the outfits and stuff, it's like yeah. very clear that they are um, <laughs> like completely uh, like they're, they're sort of infatuated with Episode One, I think. What about well, the my- fact that it's all Senate based and they're just talking yeah. about the Senate? Like, there's half so the much. Movie. Like, fucking Amadala's there. Marlon Wayans <laughs> is pretty much playing Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> it's, it <laughs> is literally a Phantom Menace. The fucking Galactic um, Senate. It's ridiculous. Uh, do you want me to tell you some fun facts before we get into the synopsis of the movie that will really paint the insanity of behind the scenes? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, to begin with, the Courtney Solomon, the guy who owns the right, bought it when he was 19. He got the rights to film 19. His original plan was to... What? How, how does he have that much money? I don't know, man. Wait, so, so this is like his passion his plan project. plan was to this get a director like... in to direct it. <laughs> but um, so the person who owned the license at the time, tas- Tactical Studio Rules, had a woman called Lorraine Williams who was, who was on like the decision making. Do you know two directors who wanted to do this film? is James Cameron and Francis Ford Coppola. And she said, no. She said to James Cameron, like, how are you eligible to do this film? He did Terminator 2 two years ago at that point. (laughs) (laughs) She looked at Terminator and said, are you good enough to do my D&D film? That's great. 
So this, and then, so Wizard of the Coast then bought the rights to D&D. So they had to start production on the film. The investors basically forced Courtney Solomon to, to direct the film on a script he had previously rejected. <laughs> so wait, D, like Wizards of the Coast bought the D&D IP during the production or pre-production of this film? I think just before production started. Right, like, okay. Like when they were in pre-production. So, yeah. so what are you saying? It's a recipe for something magical. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But so did anyone who made the film, apart from Wizards of the Coast, play D&D before? <laughs> well, Wizards of the Coast d- didn't, weren't tied to it. Because they, they didn't sell the people, so Courtney Solomon. Well, this is something that I wanted to ask because I don't know much about D&D. Obviously, um, through playing D&D, uh, the listeners would know that. But um, yeah, but maybe before we get into that, you should give a little synopsis of what actually happens in the movie. The movie's plot is something that I like... I think about three quarters of the way through, I was like, hold on. Like, and I actually had to go <laughs> back to key points in the film to make sure my understanding was correct because it was so unhinged. There's and I, yes. I was right. There's a specific thing where they use a specific I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that I, I specifically we follow, we gotcha. hate. <laughs> and I will go into the law as why. That I creature that. is the only direct thing tying it to D&D besides dragons. But that's like, like you know, most fantasy film has it. Like the only thing you go, that's directly from D&D is that creature. The rest of it, you're like, this could, you remove that one creature and it could be a Hobbit spin-off film. Well, like, I, I thought kind of like with like the animals, alien, horrible scene maybe that's like mind flyers but i no no it's not i know it's not now it's not <laughs> i was groping Look, it you know m- maybe yeah. I, I think like just a real quick synopsis so just in case the audience yes, I, yeah. uh, wait before we go to the synopsis i have one written up yeah, go, yeah quick, go for it quick trivia game with all of you name any character who isn't snail Oh, oh I, the, I know Jeremy Iron starts with P. Profian. Yeah, that's yeah. it. He is also the only one I can name. Yeah. I know um, Purple Boot. That's not their name. You have to give them their actual name. <gasps> oh, no, Ripley. Ripley. One no. of them's Ripley. Oh, it's no, Ripley. It's, it's Ridley. Yeah, one of them's... Oh, it's Ridley. It's Ridley. <laughs> oh, wow. it's Ripley. Give us the, the synopsis, but... Jar Jar. Jar Jar. So, we start the movie off. Well, we meet Jeremy Irons, who's playing an evil mage, Profion, as we mentioned before, who, let's just be honest, he is having the best time. Oh, he's having the best time. Oh, he's going, oh, yeah, 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 You can control dragons. With the dragon army in my command, I can crush the Empress. I control what is right in my mind. You can right that, do you? Good. You the reality of your rage. Come on. Follow me. Follow me. I said follow me. Look, he makes the movie. Like, if people are considering, like, maybe I shouldn't watch this piece of shit. Like, he's he's you worth watch, it. You watch the start. The, the middle bit with the crystal maze and the end. Yeah, I feel Those like the three. he did, he, he did uh, one take. Only one take. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. All of the acting in this film was like 
I'm really off to my castle. Abysmal, like really bizarrely bad, I think. Okay, so we we start with him and he's in he's in an actual room filled with actual dead corpses. And I don't mean like prop corpses. They're in an actual crypt I found out. Those what? are human remains that you see in the background of that skin. Mm, so wonderful. that's a that's a church and I've been to a very similar church. That one's in um uh, I think it's in uh, Croatia, that church. Uh, it's called Sedlek Ozaria. It's a church containing the bones of 50,000 people. I, I assume there were real people who died on the set watching <laughs> Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Irons killed mid-take. That's it's funny because it's funny you say that. It makes total sense because one of the things that I had written down as a uh, as a key note is this film has a really bizarrely polarizing like set design where oh, some things are really compelling, sets. like some environments and even props feel really good, and others seem like totally garbage like, like someone armor. whipped them up in just like a second or something like, the, like the armor? he's like here's a dragon tooth and he's like clearly just holding like a, a large piece, piece of, of foam, foam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's weird man the lighting as well oh the lighting's terrible oh so yeah it, we, we need so to get have, into that we get introduced to henchman blue lips um <laughs> Itchy Itchy yeah it's joey from yeah. friends yeah. um who so they they have their rod, their magical rod that mm. they've been setting up that Jeremy Iron thinks can control dragons. So he lets out a red, no, a golden dragon, uh, and he can't k- control it. So he has to kill it like Luke Skywalker style with the uh, the big metal door, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the blood runs into the river and sets it on fire because. Yeah, that was really funny to me as well. Um, Dragon blood ignites on water contact or something. Water contacts? It's like weird that the whole city's moat or whatever like catches on fire and everyone's (laughs) like, oh, the mages are up to some shit. Why is it every time something bad happens, you gotta blame the mages? You'd think something like so clearly like specified would, you know, come into play later in the movie. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't I do, I See, do no, it does. Like them just like, it does? Oh. Yeah, who knows? Directly the next scene, because <laughs> oh, okay. that's when we meet Wesley Crusher-looking motherfucker Han and Jar Jar Binks. Han Solo he looks, No, he looks... He has the face of young um, jo- uh, Will Wheaton and the hair of current Will Wheaton. It's fucking bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and these are our two leads. These are our two lead characters. I, I actually find him oddly sort of like Brendan Fraser-inspired. Like, but... Yeah. It's the but, hair. On the tail end of like Brendan Fraser's boom Without or whatever. Without the charisma. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. I, yeah, you know, he's just—he's literally watching paint dry. I think it's also like on the back end of the '90s, where I feel like every movie's protagonist was just some clean, clean-cut, like cheeky guy, just like a and clean-cut, they, cheeky, cheeky white they guy. They all had the same hair. Yeah. they all had that like brushed aside, like brown hair. Yeah, it's kind of like a testament to. To Harrison Ford and his iconic, like really, like even though he, he, you know, is pretty similar in a lot of his movies, like it's a testament to the impact of Han Solo and Indiana Jones, really. Yeah. I mean, they really take an inspiration from Indiana Jones later. And yeah, right. Fucking <laughs> yeah, IP breach, right? <laughs> um, so they decide to break into the wizard skill because there's a fire on the river. Not sure why. Yeah. And then we get haphazardly placed into the Senate. What's clearly like a theater that has its chairs removed. <laughs> we now have Jeremy Iron wearing full white. And we get introduced to their Ooh, wizards the wear robes, of course. So they've Absol- all got to just be wearing these like random miscellaneous garbs. 
No, but he has two robes that are identical except the colour ones. He has his evil robes and then he has his white robes and they're yeah. the exact so, same design. So he can I pretend mean, to be iconic. Sauron the Deceiver in a book that was written like 90 years ago. But like, so his plot is he thinks the Empress is a dictator since she has her magic rod that controls some dragons. Unlike <laughs> Jeremy Irons' magic wand, that cannot. Yeah. I don't know why they're different. I think he, but he, I wants- think he was trying to like make one or something, right? It seems like he was trying to find some way to control dragons and he was failing. So he's like, so he's like, oh, we need to take her one away because he sees her as a threat. We vote to remove the scepter from the Empress's control so that government in Izmir will remain secure. Remove the scepter which lowers above our heads and destroy the threat of revolution forever. Yes, and we're just like we're just reaching. Like th- this was not illustrated well by the director. No, no, no. I've watched not this reaching. movie this is fucking actually, twice. This is actually what the storyline is. He's he says yeah. like she's got this staff that controls bronze dragons. Yeah, the golden yeah. dragons. So we as a council, we need to get rid of that because she's too powerful. Like, yeah. See, that wasn't conveyed to me. I watched it twice and I, I don't know, know what happened. I know. Plot. And the funniest <laughs> thing is she's just some like innocent girl doing nothing. And yeah. she's like, we need to take her powerful artifact away from her. And they're like, yeah. Like there, there was no catalyst. Doesn't to, like, she fucking like turn on the city? Doesn't she kill her? Well, look at the movie. Get like, can, we, can we talk about that? But um, no, no, because they're like, Look, no matter how innocent or truthful she is, we've got this one woman who has the keys to all the nukes. That's not fair. Let's give it to the council. And she's just like, I cannot, and walks away. Her revolutionary ideas have already taken root among the people. In time, her influence will grow. As the months go by, she will learn to master the powers of her scepter. And when she does, I have no doubt she will use it to enforce her changes upon us. I still think we're being we're being too generous to the story. Like a part of the director's job is to like clearly illustrate this stuff in a way that makes sense for audiences. And and that's like going going back to like what you're saying about like how there's like clear things where like the production like oh that's kind of cool, and then other stuff that's like how did they okay that? Or like the sets, right? How they're all jarring and different. And it seems to me like the directors just looked at a set and been like, oh that looks cool, and he has no idea of the story that he wants to tell, no idea of how the audience is going to see this movie. He's just a failure of a director. He's not sorry, a director. He's sorry, a producer. Sorry, Courtney. Apologies. Poor Courtney. He's going to go after the me. The narrative is so fucked that, like, it's important to, like, understand this It's element, pretty funny as well. You're right. I feel yeah, like as funny. Rory is explaining, this is the first time I am understanding <laughs> yeah. the plot. As Again, I, said, I-, <laughs> I have watched the movie twice. Maybe the first time I was a little bit oogie pokey. Okay, but the second time I was conscious. Right. Mm. Look, it's one of the plots that one word that comes up constantly in my synopsis is somehow. Because yeah. <laughs> even I yeah. researched the plot, I then <laughs> read the Wikipedia plot again, because I honestly, I left watching it with Will going, I have no idea can we, why anyone Can we anything. really quickly say how you and I couldn't find it on any streaming services in Australia? I struggled really hard. Yeah, possibly yeah. the I, Globe uh, and, you know, for good reason. Out. And then, but of course, 
the whole movie was just on YouTube in 240p. Oh, what? With Arabic subtitles. With Arabic subtitles. <laughs> it's probably how it should be watched. Honestly, there was... I, that's what I said. <laughs> it's the most genuine experience of the film. We may have missed some of the detailed maison-scene that was layered in by the director because of the bitrate, but... I think there was a slight filter over the top of that one as well because I watched I watched one in a group on Discord the first time when I was a bit ooky spooky and then I watched the other one on YouTube and it had like this slight filter that made the scenes look better than oh, really? if you'd actually downloaded it. it's like no it's, it's slightly just digital compression <laughs> yeah, slightly just grayer or something I don't know it's like squinting your eyes mm, so you can't better. make out all the details you're like I think <laughs> it looks better than it is yeah it looks like a dragon tooth <laughs> So at this point, we have Wesley Crusher and Jar Jar Binks entering into the magic school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, Jar Jar Binks is Snail. He's the character called Snail. And right. he has name. Yoda hat on. Except he's a black man. <laughs> no, he's wearing he's wearing like a hobo um, hat that like that like African-American characters were typically racistly portrayed oh, wearing in, in like a lot of like Roland Emmerich movies. Yeah. Like, like seriously, he's wearing like, there's a he's name a for it, like a flapjacky really hat, is. I think it's called. Yeah, does he wear that in like, I thought he wore that in like a scary movie or something yeah. like that. So I feel like he's worn the same hat before. I know, no, I know like what it's he a, is. It's he's a characterization. The pa- he's the pale imitation of Dave Chappelle in um, Robin Hood, Man and Tires. All of that, though, but it's all this. It's all comes down to like maybe a little bit of racism and just oh, how yeah, like definitely. audiences Hold thought on. of. Oh, he is a comedic um, character. Yeah. That's what he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Comedy, comedy relief. Comedy, comedic um, relief. There he, we go. He make you laugh. You know what? I feel like he's no, the only character in the movie that me. didn't make me didn't make me laugh. Look, we my Will knows my favorite character, and he's coming up soon. Oh yeah, well, I hope he's the same as mine. My favorite party. <laughs> I know exactly what's going to be. Oh no, no, really. Yeah, I'll get into my okay. thoughts on that. Guy no, yes, he has the best talk. moment in the movie. Maybe. I know what like, I like, 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 literally, like one of the better moments in the movie, and the whole movie should have been like that. But so at this point, they enter <laughs> into the magic school to yeah. steal some stuff. Wait, can I one qualm with that? <laughs> we're not going to get anywhere with this synopsis. Yeah. One yeah, qualm. We we are like how okay. how far through your synopsis are you? Roy? We're at the beginning uh, of the movie. Paragraph two of like five. <laughs> okay. okay, but a li- li- six, little one more. qualm with that. Okay, all right. So basically they watch the the fucking city is like not burning, but the water of the city's burning and they're like, oh, okay, so they're distracted. We're gonna go just steal stuff from the, the magic school. But I think that's what it was. Seems I'm like, yes. with no prep, they're going to go steal from like one of the biggest. <laughs> but it's not like clearly, like you if you, your director, like you'd cut to like reactions, you'd cut to like masses of people like looking over the sea and them in the background looking over. Like there's clear no, like have, things that you would that do. Shot, but it was they terribly did? done. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Like they, there's clear things that you out. illustrate as a director, and it's just a From failure. Like trying to trying to understand like <laughs> the logic of the movie is it makes me sick. It makes me feel <laughs> ill. I, I'm just gonna say, Will, you need to stop being mean to Courtney. He didn't want to direct <laughs> this film. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, Courtney. He's a, he's as much as a hostage to it as we were. Mm. <laughs> it was probably a financial ruin for him. Um, so well. at this point, they go into the magic school to steal stuff. At this point, we also see. Um, old man wizard and female librarian uh, love interest uh, who's God. a low level mage uh, starting to try to decode a magical map we cut to to comedy relief and Wesley Crusher starting to steal things in a, a quite hilarious scene with such funny dialogue are you gonna jump? you gonna catch me? I'm gonna catch you 
Promise? I promise. Now jump. All right. Hold on, they're they're like burgling this like mage like wizard school, which I guess they're yeah. all like powerful fucking wizards with powerful artifacts and stuff, mm. and they're just like gagging around, bumping into shit, dropping stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, this is like it, it's so oddly like this not is respecting the scene or the narrative in any way. It's like it's one really of the things that, that comes throughout the movie with um, Marlon Wayne's performance. Like he seems to just be like doing what he wants. And yes. there's a lot of, there's a lot of actors do that in the movie, but I, he's like in this scene, like grabbing random stuff like yeah, behind him and like yes. playing with shit. And I fully like, think that he's improving and it's yeah. bad. And they left it in because it yeah. was better than what do they had. Do you reckon had. they didn't, they didn't give him a script. They said, <laughs> get on, get on stage. He's like, did you ever Very give me likely. a script? And no. Oh yeah. Later. Just get on and, you know. What was the movie? Because Marlon Wayne had a movie in the late 90s that was really good. Requiem from a Dream. It came out a year before this. Yeah, right? He's a, he's like a good actor. So, I mean, Jeremy Irons arguably is an actor oh, as well. So. I, know, I know one thing about this film. That is the fucking um, the budget was 43. 45. 45 Fuck me. Jesus. It doesn't look like a Fuck. $45 million film, but I think it was on casting and not on the fucking set, let me tell you. Yeah, I like that. that. That's like an Adam Sandler thing. Like, you know, just feed your production crew some fat checks. So they start stealing stuff. And at this point, Love Interest comes in and it's like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, we're the cleaners. No, you're not. I'm going to use magic for one of the, like, three times I use magic in this <laughs> whole film. Uh, so... So they start, she like does her magic to tie them up. Mm. And then we have Joey from Friends Center. Uh, and he's, he, he kills the librarian. Like, not the love interest, but the, like the lead mental. librarian, the male. Yeah, yeah the old man yes. who had the map. And they take the map and skiddle away. And then they go in a high action chase down a singular street where at the end of the street is a big pile of rubbish. <laughs> and this is where we get introduced to my favorite character no, in the party, no. Meth Dwarf. Can a body get a moment to see us around here? He exits his trash house, <laughs> yells at Blue Lips, who's following behind them, and then they escape into the sewers. And he Blue Lips hang, does- hang on, hang on, hang on. We get, we get some of my favorite stuff in the movie, which is casual racism by characters in this fantasy world. I think, I think the elf, I think the elf girl like sees him and goes like, Ooh, I don't next, want to hang out with a dirty, bit. dirty dwarf. It's the next bit. Yeah, that's well, not it's funny. part of the story yet. <laughs> funny you say that though. The the that was part of D and D. Like no, that's so no, that's what D&D. I mean. That's I seriously mean. That's one of my favorite things. Like it's it's right. believable. Your like, favorite part was a racism. It was racism because <laughs> it's like it gives the world weight. It makes it yeah, I mean, sort of yeah, like yeah, makes I mean, it feel it like gives some law. I mean, there's no yeah. fucking law in yeah, this whole yeah. motherfucking movie. Um, yeah, yeah. The fuck. Okay, Tarsi, what are their classes? What is comic relief? Oh yeah. That's that's pretty. You should establish. You should tell the audiences that because that's like the no, tangible D and D thing, right? No, so this is my guess. Um, fucking Han Solo, obviously a rogue. I mean, he rubs it in our yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. Then the dwarf, he is a fighter. That's pretty yeah, obviously absolutely. comic relief. 
Um, Marlon Wayans is a thief. Again? Yeah, rogue. rogue Maybe again, rogue yeah. or fighter. Like it's no, like, it's rogue. It's when does he fight? He just he just dies at the end of the movie. He, yeah, he gets in not one anything. fight and he dies. He's not really. He's not really anything. He doesn't really. NPC? That's why he probably dies. He's probably <laughs> just a commoner. I, I would say that um, the lead becomes a warrior by the end of the movie. No, he's paladin. definitely he's, a he's definitely a rogue. He's definitely yeah. a rogue throughout the whole thing. He's got like he does like these. No, at the end he he goes into battle sword first. I'm with yeah. Mel rogues do one. that. Rogues he do like that, does yeah. a backflip around people, grabs their daggers, stabs them yeah. in do the back. Do you think Courtney he's... knows that though? No. <laughs> I, he, he's definitely. Yeah, he was, this is his passion so project. At this point, we get blue lips. Blue di- lips does his line of like post guards at the exits of all the sewers, but then somehow they escape with the sewers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So they enter the tavern where we have, they, they're looking at the magical map they got from the, um, oh wait, no shit. What comes first is Jeremy Irons puts the Splatoon squid in Blue Lips skull. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the first yes, like, whoa, part of the, the, that, that was kind of, okay. I kind of liked, there are a few things about this movie that I actually found somewhat enjoyable oh. and him doing that to him and that, that weird spell curse thing. I'm like, I can kind of get into that. It was kind of like this weird body horror thing that actually yeah, right? like was, grabbed my attention. It was very intense. Until except, you saw except, the creature. Except, yeah. Except when the CGI fucking tentacles come out of his ears and you're like, okay, that's, yeah. that's horrific it, design. It was like an unseen <laughs> presence in him. I think it does, does anyone know if that is like in reference to anything D and D? I tried to so find I, it. I couldn't find an exact. I, th- thing. I thought it was no, mind flayers. It's thought- not a mind flayer. A gentle reminder not to make any more mistakes. The moment you deliver me the rod, I'll ensure that he, it, vacate the premises. I mean, what I know of the game, this is some nerdy shit. And the game's also changed a lot. Like, the version that was out back then is not what we have now. But, like, casting some sort of curse on someone like that, that, like, lasts indefinitely, is, Mm. like, not something that many things can do. Like, you'd have to be, like, the craziest fucking dude of all time. Um, Which... This is what we can add. I mean, what you can add to the conversation because we're a D&D podcast and this is our unique insight. Apart from my <laughs> bullshit, yeah. this is unique insight on the D&D it's- movie. As far as I know, there's only like a few effects in Dungeons and Dragons, like modern Dungeons and Dragons that like actually last forever. And that's because like any spell that can be cast by a character, like a player character, can also be cast by anyone else that has that spell in the world. So they don't give these characters like, you know, fucking like head, like infestation or whatever, very regularly. It does happen, but it doesn't happen like very, very regularly. It's not just like a spell that wizards have in the spell book, basically. Basically. It's like some weird eldritch shit, mm. um, which I was kind of into. I don't know. So we get into now. Now we're in the tavern. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, my. We enter the tavern. Yeah, we get, we get too, yeah. Meth Dwarf mm-hmm. starting to graphically talk about fucking dwarf and women. He tries to hit on an elf lady, perky tits, and it doesn't work and then he's like you need to get yourself a dwarf woman she really knows how to hold on the problem with elves is they ain't got no meat on their bones you gotta get yourself a nice 250 pound dwarf ah! have on her chin you can hang on to ah! 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 
Yeah, and he's like, he's like, you grab him or something, grab him by the hair or something. Yeah, and you're like, holy fuck. That guy, this character, this dwarf character is one the shittest actor (laughs) in the whole movie by far. He's sitting there while other people have dialogue going like, that's because he doesn't have any lines. He's like making these (laughs) weird dog noises. And also he fucking, um, he doesn't do anything to the plot ever. What's he's his? Li- he, he, the girl's worse. What's his backstory again? What's his backstory? Nothing. He's a homeless meth-head they find. A scene before. They fight him living in trash. And in then literal you're... trash. Why is there a point in the movie where they stop him and they're like, dude, just fucking leave us alone. Go home. Without question, he's just with them for the whole movie. <laughs> like, he's just there I mean, that, that is very much D&D, though. I guess so. That's I very guess that's true. Like a tribute to tribute to bad role. That's play. not what I want you guys <laughs> to say to me. D and D's good. This movie sucks. Don't <laughs> don't no, reduce D and D to this level. That's a bad level. DM just letting a new character come in. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. You're the meth dwarf. They run into you as they uh, escape in, the blue lips. He's in trash. Uh, now he's with the party. And he. Yeah. Can I? Say, I have to say something. The dialogue in this bit, especially in the tavern, it. It does remind me of D&D, but not in a good way, Will. This is what I'll explain it as, okay? So yeah. they have a D&D, uh, like, a, it's like a, like a, a night at, like, a bar or something where it's, like, a random D&D event. They have a, a DM that's very bad with a group of people that don't know each other and have never played D&D before trying to role play with each other. Yeah, that yeah is that's it. A, the exact same feeling that I get from the dialogue of them in the fucking tavern because they have no chemistry. It's so badly. Like, that. it yeah. like sucks the chemistry out of my soul watching it. It's, it's fucking god awful. But you can but you can be, like, funny if you don't... Even if you don't know, like, D&D. You can just be kind of fun and, you know, have a Absolutely. sense of... Absolutely. It just yeah. sounds yeah. like so back people to the that film. don't know each other. Sorry, sorry, Rory. <laughs> back to the we're back. We get now have we have they have the magical map from the the wise wizard who he couldn't just like he couldn't work it, but luckily Wesley Crusher, the Mary Sue he is, says like I saw my dad do something, and he does a magic spell on the map and sucks him and love interest into the map, and they are off screen for like. 15 minutes from here and then and then we have (laughs) blue lips come to the bar and then the dwarf goes i need to make a distraction (laughs) this was awesome his meth get like fueled like mania just goes up to a random table fucking flips it and then the the people at the table started to attack other people they yeah, didn't yeah. attack the dwarf yeah, this yeah. meth-filled midget but like we need to emphasize that it's not like it's not showcased in a way where like there's like a point where he flips the table and all this crazy shit happens like there's all this noise anyway and then he just randomly flips a table in like this unsatisfactory wide shot it's so poorly <laughs> yeah, yeah, done yeah. So the the bar erupts in a fight or whatever, and yeah. that and the elf elf uh, girl is uh, metal tits. Sorry, has has entered the scene, um, and what what happens here? How do they get she out leaves. of the map? They just they escape. The bar fight was the distraction, and then they escape somehow. Yet again, appearing in this description. Right. And they ent- enter into a forest. Oh, they, they, do like a Wesley... mad, they do like a crazy juxtaposition to like no, a map painting. No, not this one. 
Not yet. Not this one. They just they it transitions to them walking now in the forest. They stop. Yeah. They put <laughs> yeah. the map down. Then Wesley Crusher in Love Interest comes out and said, "When we were in that map, we saw a pretty cool wraith, and he told us we need to find a red gem." Oh, okay. can we see the wraith? <laughs> okay. The no. Like, you don't get to see this, but this did happen. Yeah. Like what a what a great like like opportunity to do like a surreal like scene with like crazy lighting and fog or some bullshit your, well, your options are you show them escaping or you show the conversation with the ray yeah that's what i they mean the conversation with the ray. you, you do something with that them being in the map you show like this crazy world and that's a fantasy oh, movie you can I'm do it but so they don't i'm so excited for the scene that's coming up I'm yeah, but so I need to I need to check in with everybody. So what we spoke about earlier was that there was this woman with this scepter and she's too powerful, so they are like, we should take it. Yeah. Yes. And then they went to steal the stuff from the thing, and then there's this map. So why do they have this map? Like, why is the thing about this map? I can do do any of you know? No. I, I'll give you the answer in a second. Not you, Rory, because you, you, you. Oh, I, I will, fucking will, will do. I don't fucking know what's I happening. No right? Okay, idea. you give the no answer to us. Okay, so, so basically, the like Jeremy Irons convinces at the start his wizard council that like they need to take this scepter from her. So they they've decided <laughs> to take it in three days, and <laughs> she has been gone to the, the librarian who who said like, okay, they're gonna take my scepter in three days and then they'll do something terrible because I we, and we won't be able to defend ourselves, right? So she, she goes, we need to find the red scepter. We need to find a di- yeah. different I'm pretty scepter. sure they call it so rod. When, yeah, when they take the bronze scepter, she thinks that it'll be fine that she just has this other more powerful scepter. But the thing is, Whoa, and that doesn't... Wait. And that's... Wait, then the audience does. Then the ending doesn't make sense because yeah, he gives it to Jeremy Irons. No, no, but it doesn't make sense. No, the no, sh- then the ending no, doesn't make any no, sense. No, no, but Will, this is why it doesn't make sense because the scene on the three days they go, we we're taking that, and she goes, Nah, you're not, and they're like we're going to war. She's like, I guess we are. So then, but we're getting to the end. Let's stop here. Yeah, so okay. I've got a big yeah, rant yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> if they didn't go on the quest. The film would have ended happily already. Ah, that's like, such, yeah. such an insult. Like I get, like there's like clever ways. Like look happens. at Raiders. Like there's like the audience doesn't know, and there's like a clever way to do it. <laughs> and like the ride is fun, but this like the ride is just shit. It it's doesn't matter if so they open fuck. the. Is. This is the worst script I've seen for any movie it is ever. Basically, yeah. it's goddamn rancid. Yeah, they're in the forest. They go. Oh, we need to find the red gem so then we can go get the red rod that can control the red dragons. Snail says, red I rod. don't wanna. Wesley said, We said we're gonna. And Methwolf just decides to go. <laughs> and and he, he is with us. Yeah. There's the best scene with him as he's sitting like in a tree. The oh, yeah, this is what dollies I want to talk about. Yep. in. He looks into the camera breaking the fourth wall and says and i'm quoting here that's a terrible way to do business and then he walks out of frame and you see metal tits behind him in a tree that's a terrible way to do business Mm. (laughs) yeah hang on hang on this is exactly what the dwarf's character should have been the connection with the audience that fourth wall break that line is the best line in the movie no that's jeremy lyons Irons yeah, line. i like right. jeremy Irons line but like movie, the dwarf movie. all through the movie after every scene should have done like looked at the camera and done some quip or some exposition it I would have think, given I the movie know, like, like punctuality 
I, well, that's what that's what I would have done to repair this it piece would, of shit. It would have made it something. I will agree. So this scene, they go to a new town, and they're at this market, and they all go full to their stereotypes. The thieves are stealing, the dwarfs drinking, and the woman's shopping. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh no! And what? then, then they find out, like, because the, the map told them they needed to get the red gem from the Thieves' Guild, and they see some purple fucking guy <gasps> with three eyes. Oh, yeah, he's another say, one of my favourite okay, performances. He's definitely one of my faves as well. He looks like a purple kid boo from Dragon Ball Z. I'll get, I'll send you a picture right now. So oh, is he the yeah. big pink one? Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah, is with more what, teeth. Yeah, and another eye. Like, there's a lot going on with him. There's, this movie is a wonderful hodgepodge inspiration. You know, there's so many mm-hmm. things it draws upon. It's a testament to director Courtney Solomon. Just as a side note here as well, Snails, uh, who is the uh, Marlon Way- Wayans, and Elf Girl, as far as I could see, and I'm happy to be corrected, are literally the only two people of colour in the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And naturally, he is into her. Yeah, like, yeah. that's the yeah, love connection. Yeah, yeah. You like, can, so so the, was... only, the only African, the only two African-American people are, like, intertwined in some sort of, like, loose romantic story. Yeah, that's pretty which sweet. Which I thought was really <laughs> that's fucked That's pretty up. sweet. It's pretty <laughs> fucked up. That's awesome. You... you don't see, you don't see, like, a single person of any yeah. other... Like non Anglo person in the movie, you can, except for people with like three eyes and shit. Basically, you, you can get away with Which, it if like you establish that the world that they're in is like, oh, this is like you know British well, not the same society oh, five hundred yeah. years ago or something. So, like like Josie, Game of Thrones does, right? What but this, race like, is this three eyed? Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. So him and his what the fuck an orc friend? The blue, the um green guy with him. Some guy. The green Let's just call him some guy. guy I'm, I can I can see him as like a shitty orc, like just like he li- actually. Tell I don't remember why. this green he guy looks at all. Like the orc purple guy took, was a green the green stealer. guy. I've got one. I think I took a piss when this happened, Rory. No, but we had watermelon know. face. Remember? Oh yeah, watermelon face. Yeah, now I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, watermelon. It's come back this to me. This guy and the other guy. This guy is not a race. And I was like, is this like their interpretation of a tiefling? No. I don't like from my knowledge yeah. of no and chat. He's just some he's some fantasy element. Um, it's not anything. It's not anything from D and D though. If your passion is to bring D and D to the screen, wouldn't there be like one scene that's like you know well shot or something about the movie that's meritable? Wouldn't there be like some moment that you'd want to show people that you envision in your brain? Wouldn't there be something to answer that question, Will? I think that the D and D fantasy there's like a few scenes. One that we're getting to mm. when you, we're in the Thieves Guild that is like I think is kind of a little D and D e, and also uh, the the dragons flying around in like <laughs> a cityscape is kind of like I don't know some nerd wet dream like i'm sure someone watched that who was like a little unhinged and was like Fuck Yo, yeah, this rules you know what that <laughs> that reminds me it makes me feel kind of the vibes you get at like the end of a marvel movie is in like everything just goes silly and batshit it's like the it's like the 20 year early version of that it's like sure. or, or yeah. maybe 40 year early version of that you know okay 
nothing comes from D&D. This <laughs> doesn't follow the source material. But at this point, we finally meet the leader of the Thieves Guild, Richard O'Brien, who wrote R- Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. And plays oh, Riff no. Raff. And he's oh. He's my guy. favorite character. He's having fun. He's, he's having fun. He's having no, fun. No, he's great. I think you must be very accomplished to have such a precious morsel traveling with you. <laughs> so, what might I do for you? He meets the party and he walks up and he's like all sleazy and fucked and he slaps the librarians. Oh ass. yeah, that was sweet. So gross. It was, yeah, was but sweet. it was funny, it was the most like unsexual smack I've ever seen. Like he is not attracted to this woman whatsoever. And it also <laughs> it made a thump. It did make like a nice crack. It was like it was such a yeah. shitty spank yeah. on the ass. I was just was like, no... what a pathetic smack. Where was what the Sean Connery smack. Goldfinger crack? Yeah. Yeah. Her reaction was just like, well, how about that? Like it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like she didn't seem. I reckon because he accidentally like hit her back of her like the her lower back instead of her ass. Yeah, it was, not, no, it was it. just a nice pat on the back. He <laughs> wasn't going for the ass. But it's, it but it's like you can you can but like there's so much. Do you guys know about like how? A lot of films like have have props and costumes and like they wear like certain slippers that mute sound and then of course and then, yes. yeah of course and then in sound design you add on what you want. I think that's the job mm-hmm. of the the director, the editor, all that team to add in the crack the butt slap sound. Yeah, I don't doing. think they, there's like not a folly team that's like a folly team that's like miking up her, her cheeks for like a crisp crack. No, 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 you add in like your own version post. of that later. Yeah, um, that's true. So, okay, we get... So he's like, if you want the red gem, you have to make it through my Indiana Jones IP breaching That's very puzzle. dandy, though. <laughs> yeah. That's very uh, And, like, he goes into it. It's three rooms, and it's the easiest, like, episode <laughs> of Wipeout I've ever watched. <laughs> like, he yeah, gets right? through it in, like, <laughs> five minutes. And yeah. all the traps, I looked at them and just went, I could do that. Yeah. We like, often yeah. do it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's very d because I wouldn't make a puzzle that I don't think you could do. No, no, but it wasn't even like it would be. There's a, yes, that's an element, but it was like <laughs> I could put my like my niece through that puzzle, and but I would have good odds. That Josie, she could that's solve that's like this. that's like an element that you would do for playing a video game, but this but this is an element a, a that, that doesn't work with a film. film. Like like you like how is it supposed to be epic? This Where film, are the stakes? Is, will I? You want to show your you want to show your heroes maybe really good at this or maybe he's like yeah right but it's a puzzle that like oh that's something else i wanted to bring up like there's no like i'm like okay he has like lineage or he has blood or he has a birthright nothing we will we'll we'll, we'll talk about this later in the film i'm sorry continue with the synopsis this comes up a lot later trust me we put a note on that i have notes about that when it comes relevant so um for the record, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed this trap set. Like it's shit, but it's it was so funny terrible. to me. It looks like it was in a fun it, zone, dude. There are those like big swinging blades that are in every video game, like a trap where like it's mm. like basically a big axe on a stick that like swings from like a hidden compartment in a wall or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he did something that was like, I think he jumped on top of them and rode them through, and mm-hmm. I was like, that's that's okay. Kind of cool, that's yeah. that was good. That was accepted. And this, this is the last crusade yeah. and right. This is the Indiana Jones like section of the yeah, movie, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. I yeah. please check in at this this main character? Ridley. He is no, ri- I don't Ridley, like a Han Solo. Ridley, Ridley, Riley. He is Riley. 
so bland. So is the Liberian girl. They mm. are yeah. so bland. They are mirror images of each other, except for different I, No, classes. I have a lot to say about the li Liberian girl when we get to the end. But I have so much to say. So it's bland. so upsetting. I know exactly what you're talking about, Will. Oh, yeah. We talk but like, okay, let's point this out. The librarian lady followed also, I didn't mention this, the classic like trope of like, when you first see her, she's wearing glasses and her hair's up. Yeah. And like immediately yeah, yeah. after they and met, And she gets her hotter and hotter as time goes on. Her eye, like glasses yeah, off. And as the film and progresses, she dresses more slutty. Yeah, for, for every unsolicited, unsolicited there's a There's out. a part near the end, she's comically slutty. Like they cut to a close up and she's wearing a choker and she delivers this line like, good luck, wink. And you can clearly see like this choker, her hair's down. Yeah, with with every I answer. Mean, I don't think a choker and hair down is slutty though. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's, pretty. it's very deliberate though. Heavy like you obviously know, saw that. Yeah, it's 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 it should be upsetting. It's it's quite sexist oh, no, no, and it's it's hilariously is... sexist. Sorry. We've already, as, at this point, established fucking plastic. Okay, all the armor is plastic. All the armor is 100% yes, plastic. It's very clearly. aggressively plastic. It's so, super, like, cheap plastic, yeah, But too. there is a armor for a character we already met, which is, like, the elf lady, which yes. has, like, a... <laughs> tits. But there's nipples on the fucking tits. <laughs> Are there Batman nipples? Batman and Robin. Nipples, yeah. yeah. I couldn't see the no, nipples so, on so my phone. It's version. actually a cast of like a lady's body now there are nipples there but her nipples aren't erect so it's got that little lump <laughs> damn <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't see because uh the fucking bit rate yeah i need, I to, I need to get a higher quality either. so i can see the elf's nipples at this point of the movie they finish <laughs> they finished the wipeout puzzle he got the red gem Riffraff's like, I'm gonna betray you. At this point, Blue Lips enters the Thieves Guild, and there's that fight breaks out where he's like, I'll burn the map if you don't clear the path. And then he clears the path. Then Riffraff sends Watermelon Face to attack the guards, and the fight breaks out. And there's that my favorite scene of the maps like on the ground, and you see Liberian crawl over to get it, and she grabs it, and then Blue Lips stomps next oh, to yeah. it like yeah, the classic yeah. thing is they stump onto like the prop so they can't move yeah, it's like yeah. you're mine he stops next to it and she looks up and he's there and it goes back down and he's still standing yeah next yeah to the map. let's let's emphasize that because it's not like one shot where it's like oh they can maybe get away with it they do a reverse shot and it's clear that he's not standing on the map yeah it's weird it's so the one prop that they, they didn't want to damage that prop rory <laughs> Yeah, apparently. No. From that scene as well, did you notice that she was fully in range of grabbing it and she very clearly was just like crawling not grabbing towards it? it? Yeah. Like yeah. it was like this really weird thing where the, the, it was like next to her shoulder and she was like struggling to reach it, okay. even though it was clearly within her grasp. I actually have bizarre. a gripe. I don't know why you're defending Courtney. He is blight. He has cancer. <laughs> like, I'm kind of on Will's side. I'm yeah, no, he's I, like, I, there I, are I, so I, many directors that, that have their first thing and they have no the experience and they do they do great shit no, and no, that's what they, defines it. They're people who want to direct. This guy didn't want to direct. That's what I'm saying. he shouldn't have directed. He had to. He got forced yeah, but, okay, to. He wanted to get argument. James Cameron. No. <laughs> this, this is my argument. This is my fucking argument to that. All right. He's getting paid what forty-five million dollars for this film. 
Pay a fucking ghost. Pay a ghost director a ghost director. This isn't writing a book. <laughs> There's got to be some... There's always a way around it, especially with $45 million. He, this is my assistant. I'm paying him well. This is Kames Jamron, my yeah, assistant. Right. Yeah. I didn't wear a mustache. This is Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, it's not Mario, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any malice for the director because I think people can make bad. But art. don't defend um, him. He's not like I, Jesus. I don't. I, I'm not defending him. No, I, this is what happened. The movie took a turn for the worse when Wizards of the Coast brought the rights to D and D, and the production of the movie was finally starting. They shut it down due to the lawsuit. They settled. Uh, they started what a was court the battle. That because the Wizards of the Coats now own the rights to D&D, even though he bought it from the older ones. He's like, I have the rights to make a film. They're like, no, you don't. We own it. Which ended with a settlement that required him to start making the movie immediately. Okay. You should have said that. Like he was literally throttled. Yes. Why do you think I kept saying the words? He was forced to do this. Okay. It's like he's forced to do this. Well, no one's actually forced. No, no, no. He was forced. So they were like, they were like, you have a two-year period by the end of the year two nineteen ninety-nine. We're gonna, we're gonna take the rights. You have to make the movie. So he had to. He literally had to make the movie. Anyway, Willips comes in, and he he captures love interest. And then we get a, stre- a scream, literally either described as a mind fuck or an ear rape, where he yeah. uses his his ear tentacles to penetrate love interest's ears with his tentacles, where he somehow gets knowledge. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. no, first of all, he interrogates her and he asks her, like, you know, these questions, where are they, where are they going, like, what's the plan or whatever. But he's and just then, there with them. He yeah, knows then, where they are. I know, but, like, and then... He, She's like, I'm not, like, no, not telling you anything. I don't know or whatever. Doesn't either doesn't answer, doesn't give him a clear answer. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I don't need to ask you anyway. And then just gets the information. It's so like that making all of their Can dialogue we? in the scene previous like completely <laughs> irrelevant. Not. Like he could have just sucked the information out of her skull. Why didn't yeah. he do that? And also. Why does Jeremy Irons curse not only he doesn't like it, but also oh, give him access wow. to like, I didn't think about truth that. That's seeking actually powers? I'm going to give like... you power and pain. <laughs> it's weird. It's okay. Jeremy so Irons wants it's him stupid. to find them. It's just... That's Jeremy Irons. Can we, this plot, can we talk plot. about the way they shot that scene? It's it's very intense. So the ears go into her, and she's clearly like in like she's acting. She's like yeah, clearly yeah. in pain, giving it a, her yuck. all. And then they cut to him, and he's like coming, and yeah, then you yeah, see it's, weird. it's super fucked up. And, do it, and you do see it really gets me. Hang with on, it? you see it's the, the pulsing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. the pulsing. It's so weird. It's pulsating. He's like sucking. He's like. Coming it's through really, her. It's really, it's giving me up. hentai realness. Not ready yeah, for that fully. in that film. Anyway, so we after we get that, we finally get the discovery that the person who's been following them the whole time is obviously the elf we can't stop talking about because she's just odd. Uh, and like metal she tits. she revealed metal mm-hmm. tits reveal that she's actually she working speak? on the empress's behalf to find mm-hmm. the red rod <laughs> so she can then give it to the empress look we've already covered it i don't think she says a line in the movie <laughs> no she does i actually can't tell it goes it goes to that scene nothing. where the empress is in her throne room and she's on the mirror she's like i know how to find the rod empress it's like you need to get it to me is this a porno yes anyway so so 
she's like also I know where uh, Blue Lips is holding Lady. So they then go to the the castle, and then there's a scene where uh, Snail and Wesley uh, Crusher goes in, and the dwarf's like, let's go in, and the elf looks at him and says, what, uh, we were not meant to enter this place. This task they must complete alone. Oh, yeah, because there's like a weird, like, force oh, barrier. Yeah. Like, yeah. stopping the rest of the party, just so like, just stupid. the protagonist can enter. Reminded me of for fucking, no reason in particular. Reminded basically. me of fucking Kingdom Hearts, like a final yeah. boss, yeah, where like yes, Donald and yeah. Goofy hit an invisible wall, and you're just like, it oh, has now the I have to fight the boss. integrity of Kingdom Hearts. Like, and Goofy's yeah. there. At least it wasn't talking about fucking darkness fear mickey mouse but this is also where we finally see we see a beholder in the distance and they go look it's a beholder yes and and then it disappears for the rest of the movie no can i please well there are yeah yeah, no no because this is what we're here to to do we're D &D people tell us all right so cut to the stupid scene where they're like looking at this can there is a beholder, and I'm actually going to say the beholder looks a lot like the close-up. It looks, it looks terrible. No, it looks a lot better. And this than is the a dragon. this is a Dungeons and Dragons no, monster that's that's quite it's, the, pop, it's, it's quite very, famous, right? So it's a very classic uh, monster. Now there's six of famous. them. I cut, I counted them. There are six beholders, and I went, huh? Um, where I saw all these beholders and I went, that doesn't make sense. So I went and looked at the lore I knew lore you'd again. have the same. Yeah. I knew you would have the same I know. I went and yeah. double checked the lore because I'm like, am I the the villain here? Am I the dummy here? Am Do I? I? Am sorry, I sorry. what did you say? It has six so arms instead no, no, no. of... No, so there are six. They have tentacles. There's, They're those okay. eye beast things. Yeah, yeah the, cu- the cucker so demon there from was Doom. There six of them specifically and that's what made me feel something's a little wrong here. Well, something's very wrong. So... Specifically, beholders are creatures that kind of, you find them in caves. Well, they're supremely intelligent, but they're also hugely paranoid. Wouldn't you demonstrate that through like a scene with the beast? There is no way that they're using them as minions. They could not be aware. There's okay. no but way. That's, but that's like a little autistic. What I mean is like, if you have a creature that's like, oh, these are its traits, you'd be like, okay, let's have a scene where it shows that it's intelligent no, and it's the, subjugating what, the part. Well, the why me, would you? It doesn't come relevant you, in let, the movie. Let Josie, let let Josie finish her Go, go ahead. These creatures are like cats. They don't fucking hang out with each other because they're paranoid of each other. So they're, they're paranoid of themselves. They're, they're they have two minds. It's a whole thing, but um, they're paranoid of anything else that insults their intelligence. Humans and other like creatures that are, you know, like playable characters and stuff like that. They are pawns. They can be pawns to use. These men are pawns. Yeah, but they are normally three, the two, mega three, bosses. Four, these four, are yeah, these yeah. are the end of the movie boss that has um, corrupted a government. To do its bidding has corrupted I, to start yeah, wars. Yeah, okay, I get it now. And they That's have yet. six motherfucking of these beholders just but, but, fucking around. Beholders are the beholders are in the books as strong as dragons, like smaller <laughs> dragons, which is so funny. So, because so anyone that cares here, about D and D, they've I'm already got just like an army of beholders. Why wouldn't they use that? What, what we like, have here why? is a clear disrespect to the source material. Oh, a clear disrespect, disrespect to the source material, the and that's a way to alienate your audience. Yeah, yeah. So okay, 
so at this point, yeah, Matt the Wolf and Metal Tits are staying back. Um... <laughs> Uh, to hunt down library love interest mage. Uh, comic relief then gets stuck into, like, the carpet? Well, it was an effect that, like, looked good for two seconds, and then... It Wait, is this the goo? Is he in the goo? Yeah, yeah. Like, the goo looked good before Yeah, that it was weird. Up. It looked like dough. How did they yeah, do but that? It's because it was, like, like fucking a liquid oh, that they then did the pattern but it, of the it was like It was, like, viscous top. and thick. I yeah, don't know it was how they probably did that. fucking I don't know flour and water. I don't know pretty, what it no, is. It, 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 wait, it is. wait, these are two separate scenes we're talking about, right? Like the car, the the cave is when he goes and plugs the gem into the. No, wall. no, we're capturing, we're capturing the prince, the mage back because she's still at right. capture. Of course, yes. So yes, he's my dad. <laughs> sorry. This is when Snail, the comic relief, is going through just looking at shit for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, and he can't gets hide, can't fight, doesn't do anything. Completely anything. And he gets caught in the oatmeal fucking rug and gets captured by Blue Lips. And then they go outside, like he runs away and they get in a fight and he gets, Blue Lips kills Comic Relief and throws them off a building. Hang on, we need to, actually, we need to talk about this scene because this is a very funny scene. It will, I well, respect well, this well, move, a, a very though. weird scene. I respect the move to kill an important character. Um, which I don't think happens in cinema enough today. He wasn't an important today. character. Well, he was as important as they get. Just because they're all unimportant, like, doesn't make him not important. You understand why they made the decision, because it gives the lead and all the other characters motivation. Yeah. But it's, gr- it's great. I think that really, I think that cinema today in lots of like good feels, high proper, high value IP shit, they're really scared to just like kill a watch, character. Watch Game of like, Thrones, bro. You'll love it. <laughs> well, they should make like an X Men, and they should just kill half. I would of love them. that, and just watch and watch all of the nerds cry. You know. Then Wesley Crusher gets into a fight with Blue Lips, and then Blue Lips like stabs him in the shoulder and is winning the fight. And now the mage decides to use magic for the second and only other time. Well, I I know she why she did because she had, no, she has the. Like the component bag, I get it. Exactly. Does. Yes. But like she finds her component bag just loosely thrown across, like some car, like garden. But so jo- she she finds her um, reagents to cast her spell. L- listen, but Darcy, I, I, she doesn't do magic for the any other point of the film. Well, though. this is yeah. something I, I wanted to talk about when we got to this scene exactly because. This is something I yelled out when Rory and I watched this movie. Because at the start of the film, you establish that she has some kind of significance, right? Like, she she does magic and traps our two leads. She does magic and saves them and sends them away. And then for the rest of the movie, she literally does nothing. She's she the does inciting incidents. She does absolutely nothing. And you think, yeah, like, okay, yeah. this is an opportunity for this character to not only, like, show our two leads the magical side of the world, but to show the audience the magical side of the world and then there's an opportunity yeah, yeah. for storytelling it is a storytelling tool that they just completely chat on they literally courtney solomon squatted and took a shit on this girl it's <laughs> courtney a, it's solomon d- didn't like this script he didn't even write the script it was written by two other people this you can, is as, a as a director you can you can edit the script absolutely it's your response it's your responsibility really Will, there was a lawsuit he got forced to do it how <laughs> he is, did it. This is crazy. I'm glad we're doing this movie because this is crazy. The fact that we're all the fact that we're all debating these fucked scenes is awesome. So 
Okay, so yeah, she uses magic for the second and only time in this film. Also, it seems like every time she uses a spell, <laughs> it just like incapacitates someone. Why didn't they kill him or something? Like, I don't know I don't why. Know, I, like, it seems like she has the power to really give them the upper hand in combat. <laughs> Like, whenever she so chooses, it's bizarre that they she, just decide to run with every, like, advantage. She's relegated to be characterised sexist female lead. Sure. So, they teleport away, and then we get a new scene with everyone's favourite, Jeremy Irons. Oh, yes. Where he's back at the Jedi Council, mm-hmm. and the, it's the three days have passed, and like, okay, give us the rod. She goes, yeah, nah, I'm not going to give you my magical staff. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you're a tyrant. She's like, no, you are. And he's like, no, fuck you. it, we're going, we're going to civil war against her. And then that's the end of that scene. And then scene. the Marvel intro plays. Let, let, me, let me just say something about <laughs> Please. this. Please. So when the movie starts, there's no reference to like the political... There's no like mounting political climate or any catalyst that gets Jeremy Irons in front of the council to be like, we need to take her staff. He's just like, council, she's got this powerful staff and we've had enough of it. It's about time what's, that they, What's like a way that you, would, that you would build yeah, that tension? I would, I would have like a... I would add another character. You have a scene with... Uh, what's her name? Pa- what's the fuck? Uh, Armadale? What's Padme? the fucking girls? Padme. You have a scene with Padme talking to like a council member going like, what he's saying is right. You must relinquish your claim. <laughs> you do something yeah. like that and then you'd, you'd layer it in it's to completely what's completely unrelatable and completely obtuse. I don't think anyone who watches this movie really recognizes that that was part of it in the beginning. But then in the, at this moment, they're like, okay, now we're taking your staff Um and she's like, no, I'm not giving it to you. And they're like, civil war it is. Civil war. And then she marches away and all of the council, the wizards are all in this tower. And she has called an army of dragons in to attack this yeah, city. Yeah. <laughs> this is wait, my favourite thing in the movie. So we're, not up, we're not up to <laughs> that like, yet. Oh, so, wait, so we oh, don't that see not, that. Yeah. So she right. walks we away. Should, we should yeah, hold yeah, on, the not next here. Time, the next time we see them, she is just waged this like... This is what a good ruler would do, you see. War. Turn against her people. Which, kill her own which people. Which is kind of... It's funny because it it's validates awesome. Jeremy so Irons. Yeah. He's, he's like, <laughs> she's a, an unhinged dictator. And then she's like, no, I'm not. you. And then you've provoked me. So yeah. now I've brought dragons, like 50 dragons to the city. It's completely unhinged. The point of the movie is you're like... Jeremy Irons is the bad guy, but you know he's right. He was right all along. It was so weird. I mean, is he so, a bad guy if he's doing everything yes. possible to stop? It's because, no, he it's wants, he's so he wants clearly... it for his own power. Like he wants it so he can do yeah. what she's doing. It's because he's so clearly this ridiculous he's depiction bad. of characterized Hitler, like this strong orator. Yeah. yeah. So okay, we now get so we it, get that scene, and now we get teleported to a very badly matted Alvin village, oh, yeah. where we meet Tom Baker, who was Doctor Who, oh, who right, heals yes, Wesley yes. Crusher. No, no, he He's regenerates. Elf, right? How did they get Tom Baker? Because he probably wanted a hot lunch, man. $45 yeah. million. Thank, yeah. yeah. We'll give you $400,000 and you'll be on set for three hours. Is that as much as Jeremy that, is making? Well, that's sure, Tom Baker. Good. Come on in. I bought a slightly smaller castle, you see. Yeah, yeah I had to pay off a little bit. But, so <laughs> then we get the scene after they heal where uh, Love Interest and Wesley Crusher are standing alone and they're starting to talk, like argue about like the using the red oh no wait sorry tom baker says uh to wesley you and your countrymen are very close to irreparably destroying the fabric of magic with this rod you seek 
The rot is man-made. Unnatural. It must not be disturbed. Doesn't dive into that, you know, prophecy he <laughs> no just gives. No need for an elaborate. No, nope, he's like, okay, anyway. he'll get on out of here. And then it goes to Wesley and Lady arguing about, like, mages and, like, not commoners. Uh, yeah. And the performance is terrible no, like can I of quickly, the emotional can I scene. say i feel like this is courtney solomon's like literally we see the moment that he learns on camera that oh i can i need to have emotional scenes and but yes it's, it's not terrible. an emotional you're, scene you're, you're right it's it's terrible but this is the first time where we've seen like real emotional intensity or like attempted it's emotional intensity and conflict scene on the Ewok planet. Um, yes yeah it's but, like it's it's silly but it's like we're, we're seeing this child this fucking four-year-old this toddler look, learn how to direct let's be honest the really most important part of the scene is let to this point it's they've the had no chemistry art. the background art is it's terrible the art. goddamn awful all right the, wait are you talking about the matte painting it's that one's not good bad. I, okay, okay, painting. look. I actually think the painting's fine. There was a mural with dragons on it that I was like, that looks nice. Yeah, but right, but, but it's the way they're like, he cuts to them so abrasively. No, no, it's no. So it's so That up. specific map painting is gross. So anyway, they have this, like, this scene where they're talking about mages and normal people, and then they kiss. And then oh it fades... God. It fades away to that, and it's the next day where they're heading towards the dungeon in the said title, because we've had the dragons already, and they go to enter the dungeon, and they find Hold out... The, just quickly, the kissing scene was the most heinous kissing they scene don't I've like ever each seen other. in they any movie. They clearly do not like it's each really other. Like, it's really, like, you know when kissing is, like, really gruesomely, like, close? Like, mouths are open, and, like, li lips are, like, intertwined in, like, an overly, like, not a first kiss way or whatever? I don't no, it was really yeah. weird. No, those two actors do not like each other. They're they right, fucking hate reckon. each other. So that's that's they, kind of important for a love scene. Yeah, hey. I, they the way that they their um, chemistry is so null and void. And when they kissed, like I didn't not feel anything. I felt grossed out it because they, di they didn't want to be yuck. there. They didn't want to kiss each other. There's a scene where they enter the dungeon. And, like, he enters and the rest don't, establishing there must be a prophecy or something. Mm. So, yet again, Elf and Dwarf get immediately sidelined, but this time they also chuck in a woman. So then, after the smallest dungeon yet again of, like, he falls through the floor and is into this treasure room, like, almost immediately, <laughs> where he finds a skeleton. He uses the gem. He uses the gem he acquired from the Thieves' Guild yeah. to open the dragon door Dragon's that gets him door. into the treasure room. Yeah. And he sees the the talked-about rod held by a skeleton, and you're like, oh, maybe this guy's going to be, like, a lich or something. No, it's just a skeleton that comes to life. <laughs> I love that. Friendly, I love skeleton. that character. Yeah, it was a it was a real prop, wasn't it? Or and, was it CG? Yeah, and then the skeleton gives a prophecy. I am Sophia, creator of the rod, cursed with the crime of trying to control the red dragons, and sentenced to this purgatory until someone worthy of its power takes it. You are such a man, Anyone who wields the power of the rod shall suffer a horrible fate. For the evil it creates cannot be undone unless its spell is broken. Oh! This is something, Rory, this is something when we watched that I wanted to talk about. I'm sorry, just really quickly. 
So there's a, it's like a Last Crusade Cup of Christ scene where you have him. There's like a prophecy by the fucking the knight that's 2000 years old who said literally a 2000 year old skeleton who says like those who aren't worthy will perish. And let's contrast this to Spielberg's Last Crusade. So how do you illustrate that as a director? They you have your, you, don't court me. you have your evil character come in and drink from the wrong cup. And perish, right? He chose poorly. One of the most quotable lines in cinema history. How do they do it in this movie? No enemy character comes in. No evil character comes in. He just takes the rod and he's like, yeah, good. Yeah, on you, well, mate. Well, this is what's... Yeah, because the prophecy is whoever uses it's going to die. And But then also at this point, we're at like the f- like 15 minutes to wrap up. So this movie fucking goes for it fast. It happens immediately he immediately leaves the treasure dungeon his friends are captured by blue lips then blue lips takes the rod and leaves through portals to give it immediately to jeremy irons (laughs) and fucking ridley scott (laughs) fucking wesley crusher follows him so through his own portals so this is this is the thing right like the whole plot is just an insult it's, it's an absolute also, insult. Also, red dragons in, like, the lore of things, especially how many there were fucking were, they also looked a little bit fucking copper. Like, it, they didn't look red. But um, these specific dragons in the lore of D&D are, they're, like, chaotic evils. She's, like, controlling evil dragons. <laughs> no, she's got gold dragons. Oh, she's got she's gold a fucking dragons. evil fury. No, dude. no, she's got gold dragons. Uh, and there's no and way gold dragons would help this little bit. Because she's got she's got the copper dra- the the bronze dragon controlling scepter. That's what they're. That's the that's the MacGuffin. Anyway, so we're on now the tower where all the wizards are standing. Where the empress at this point is attacking them via dragon. They have <laughs> no way of defending, but now they do. Because they went on the quest for the Red Rod, and now Jeremy Irons steals it. And then we have that scene where Blue Lips is like, get it out of me. And this is when I thought he was going to say, like, I lied and killed him. Yes. Yeah. He actually saves the Yeah, he actually takes the weird thing out of his skull. Yeah. Yeah. So then, at this point, uh, like so, the hang on, hang on. so that reinforces that maybe Jeremy Irons' character is kind of a good leader. I he is kind of like a strong, good leader. Yeah. Well, let's point this out. The council asked her for the rod as a collective. Like we think it's best you hand it over. She said no and is attacking them with dragons. <laughs> yeah. So no, she is not the good guy. And then his, attacking and then the whole his, city. His, his side guys like release this thing you've given me which is also a blessing not just a curse it gives him mind read powers and he's like i'll take and then he takes it off him instead of being like i lied he there's that scene where he's like i'm giving you this so you won't let them escape he again yeah wesley like there's something about him i hate him it's wesley crusher dude. he's so boring it's <laughs> such a boring like wesley's more interesting than this guy like this we're okay over. we're up to we're up to th- literally three Please. lines like, sorry go ahead get us out of this so film. we have the cgi fight where she's attacking the council members with a bunch of dragons, then he gets the red rod. And now Blue Lips and Wesley get into a fight where Wesley throws him off the side. Fun fact, he then returns for the second movie yeah. they made of this, what was direct to TV. No, but no other characters oh, came back, right? We've got to watch that one. No, too. fuck! No! 
Come on. Same director. How are we going to find it? It's not going to exist. Know. So anywhere. then they all attack Jeremy Irons, doing that classic thing where they all take a turn and he wins. Do you really think you can steal my destiny? I'll invent a new destiny, especially for you, full of pain. New kinds of pain and new senses to feel it with. And then somehow Wesley disarms Irons and takes the rod and sends them back to their homeland. And then Irons is eaten by the Empress's dragon. And then we go to the future where Wesley crashes in Michael Jackson black leather at the the grave of snail and they put the red stone on top and it's left on a cliffhanger that he might still be alive it's basically literally the next christmas special where you guys are all going to try and get back the character like surely that's the the plot of the next film it's like they're trying to get back it reminded me of that ending of was it Peter Pan or the Pan movie where like the where like someone's died and then they come back to life and they like do a zoom in on the kid's face and he like smiles like that's what that's what I thought it was going to be but instead they like what what happened they like they turned into the mist because they go to the gravestone they put the red stone on top and it's like his gravestone's a bunch of just rocks piled up like no one gave a shit about snail oh, not great. even his friends yeah. they didn't yeah, buy him a headstone snail carved into a oh, rock just a reminder Jar Jar Binks died in this movie and they're at his grave at the end of the movie that's yeah, where yeah. we're yeah. at so they put they put the red the red gem I love this on it <laughs> and then the name snail disappears from the rock and he looks to the elf and is like, where is it? And she says, I can't remember exactly, but she's, she's like, like, go to him or he's Go to him. He something. might still be like, he might not be as dead as you think or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And they walk away. No, the no, they from... don't walk away. They link arms and all turn into spirit dust yeah. and fly They all into turn into nowhere. red mist. But yeah, they, they turn into red mist, but they just acknowledge the fact that they were on their way to a ceremony to be knighted or something. <laughs> <laughs> Came from the ceremony of oh, being they just came from the ceremony. Yeah, that's why he has the cool there. black jacket. It's always like the classic rogue where he wears like the brown like town solo outfit. He's like and then the at the very end, he's okay. like, "I'm in all black now." <laughs> yeah, I'm actually thinking gear. like Ridley is evil, and they're showing that at the end of the movie. Like he's yeah. wearing full black. He's like full Look, become evil. We've come to the conclusion: Jeremy Irons is the good guy. Jeremy Irons is the good guy. We he he wanted to take the control away from a dictating like, from a empress. dictating government. Yeah, and no, no, but he got the whole council to agree with him. He did yeah. the Emperor of Palpatine tricks. He he, he, he went through democratic process. Absolutely, and then like he his friend got rid of like the criminals who were literally stealing. Went away, and he's like, hey, guy, I can't let you slip them away. I'll give you these little mind ear powers. They'll help yeah, you out but, with this. But, and like, they yes, do. there's a bit of pain, and that's your punishment. It's a reminder of your look, duty. maybe there's no other way around it. Jeremy Irons is like, look, I know this is going to suck, but this is my only option for you. Here's yeah. your ear, ear tentacles. It'll Go give you say- ability to get information, to actually do something. Jeremy Irons more or less said, um, you know, 
Padme has a nuke and it's unacceptable that she has this nuke because it's too powerful. Mm. And the council were like, yeah, okay, let's get rid of it. And she was like, you can't have my nuke. And then she's like, fire the nukes. And then at the end, we don't see the aftermath. We don't see the counselor's reaction to her no. literally attacking her own people and then giving yeah, power yeah. To, to literally the villain of the thing, which is written. Yeah, because Jeremy Irons, well, it wasn't like he magic tricked them. He, he asked them, hey, we should take this away from her. Okay. The implication was he was going to use it himself, but that was never proven because he uses the red rod when she's attacked with the gold rod. And maybe that's just self-defense at that point. But he's using the red rod to stop the siege on the city. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> what would have made... The, the, okay, um, the thing is they're using like sentient... They're literally... Both of them are enslaving... Like and dragons. We don't know that no, for this. Well, in this one, okay. Well, this in D and D, man. In yeah, no, they, they this are is where we offer red dragons, dragons and, so I and gold dragons are sentient creatures. They are incredibly intelligent. Incredibly right. intelligent. Mo- some say slave. more so than men. Yeah, they are. Now, um, they are enslaved to fight now each other. Both of them deserve jail. <laughs> jail? Yeah, but he doesn't get jail. The empress eats him with her dragon. Yeah. yeah. What would have made uh, Padme's assault on the city more funny is if you clearly showed her like assaulting the city, but they kind of cut to this weird fucking green screen close up. They don't oh, establish that she's riding a drag. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they don't establish yeah. that she's riding a dragon. They just cut to this fucking psychotic close up. No, no, you pee she's on a dragon, but you have no idea on the field of battle yeah, where the where fuck is, is she? she? What's yeah. happening? How funny would it have been? This could have been this brilliant subversive comedy. I guess it was in a way. 